The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Valid one time on Friday. Sit participating McDonald's through 1231-24. Excludes tax. Must update rewards. Well, our good friend who I really wanted to meet when we were in Detroit a week and a half ago. Seriously. Not cross paths with him. Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. Eminem. Guess I should stop recording this diss track. At Ben Johnson, thank you for staying. We can't break this team up, especially since I'm on it. Coach Campbell, we love you, bro. Let's run it back next year. I'm ready. I promise you I will get us to the Super Bowl. That's Eminem. Eminem's happy. If Eminem's happy, the world is a better place. We want him to be happy, and we wish we would have met him. I did meet Calvin Johnson I don't want to call it a consolation. Yeah. It's equal. It's awesome. It's just different. Yeah. Different and and it's not unexpected. Like, given what we do, we expect to meet Calvin Johnson. Right. We expect to right. see him from time to time. Right. We don't expect to see Eminem. I was hoping that we would meet him. I saw Ryan Day. I thought that was Eminem, but you know. Oh, you're funny. I, anyway, I knew you were going to uh, bring that up. They morning. definitely are seeing the same <laughs> good morning. Uh, uh, yeah. good. hair dyer. Good for morning. Sure. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Uh, beard, 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 dying. just for men. Beard, right? Your beard is your beard is weird. Your stash is trash. Just for men. What? What Facial is? Did we hair. know the day we were there? Right in Detroit, was was he on the field pregame? Right. I I don't know. I kind of lost track of thinking about. Oh, maybe Eminem is on the field. Like right when we were flying there and going to Detroit, I thought, oh, I might see Eminem. He's been around a little lately. But then when we got there for pregame and stuff, I kind of forgot to think about him or try to look for him or that, and I'd be disappointed if he was close by and I didn't get a chance to say hi. I don't think he was on the field. He definitely was at the game. He was definitely in a suite, right. and I think he was saying hi to you from the suite. Hey, what's he was up? Flashing you, yo, the what Jersey up, Mo State Mo? Bird? There it is. There it is. He was called, it's the Chris Bat signal, the double-barreled middle finger just for you. He but thought I was going to be there. $250,000 for doing that. Yes, he was giving you the hello. So I didn't look closely at field level, but my antenna were up. Like Jeff Daniels was down there. I wanted to go say hi to Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels follows us on Twitter, by the way. So I wanted to say hi to Jeff wow, Daniels. I didn't know Big that. Big fan of his work. All the way back. All the way back to irreconcilable differences in 1984 before he was Lloyd Christmas. So, yeah, Jeff Daniels, great actor. Wanted to go say hi to him. Didn't get a chance. Did see Calvin Johnson. Was looking for Marshall Mathers. Didn't see him. Maybe next year if we're back in Detroit, although we probably won't be for the playoff game because it ping-pongs AFC-NFC. Maybe at the Super Bowl next year, the Lions will make it and Eminem will do the, the media center radio road thing. But I think that 
he probably wasn't on the field because he seems a little naturally reticent. I would have said, I agree. Almost shy. Right. Almost like Prince was. There's a great documentary about the making of the song We Are the World. I just watched it on Netflix yesterday. And Prince just didn't like being around people. And I can relate. So I just think that maybe Marshall didn't want to be down there in the fray, doesn't want a lot of attention. He's just kind of, you know, and that's fine. That's who he is. He just kind of wants his own space. Probably didn't want a couple of idiots like us rushing up to him. And so that would explain why he, he uh, maybe he was planning to come to the field. And then he saw my tweet that said, my main goal today is to meet Marshall Mathis. So he said, screw that. Hell with that. Down the I don't need to deal with that. Paparazzi, Florio, who cares that about that guy? Probably write some stupid headline about me or something, he said. <laughs> I wouldn't, though. <laughs> I know you I love wouldn't. Eminem. I, He's on the short list of people I love. We all do. It's well, a short list. That's where I wanted to go. Like, do you, like, so Eminem, I mean, we know, and, you know, I grew up in, in, you know, the 80s and 90s when rap came about, right? New York City, all of that. I grew up in the era of, like, notorious B.I.G. and Tupac and, you know, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy Combs, right? So that was right in my wheelhouse. But, like, your generation, rap music was was certainly new to you. You didn't grow up with it, right? So, like, for— Sugar Hill Gang. Right. So, how? I mean, when Curtis Eminem Blow. was kind of that first white rapper that, like, whoa, there's a white guy that's in this game here that can, like— say all these cool things and have the attitude hey, and all that, hey. you know, did you, did you, did that take your knowledge up? Like I can remember so many of maybe my, you know, whiter friends who didn't listen to that type of music. Eminem was like the first time they were like, wow, whoa, this is rap music's a little cooler than I, you know, thought. And I still chuckle thinking about that, you know, back in those days. First of all, <laughs> first of all, yeah, first of all, I know, I, I know. need you to stop collaborate and listen ice is back with a brand new edition <laughs> you're funny he's not the first he's not the first you're right vanilla ice 1990 <laughs> ice right. ice baby how dare i disrespect so, uh, <laughs> yeah how dare you how dare you vanilla ice is still out there you know our buddy that i text with all the time young mc not all the time but regularly Young MC. Remember we met him four years ago? Yeah, cool as could be. San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Marvin Young, right. a.k.a. Young MC. I text him. He's in my phone. I mean, <laughs> That's I mean that song, that song, Bust a Move, it is amazing. 34 years later, Doesn't it die. pops up yeah. everywhere. It's a classic. I, I don't know him well enough to ask the question. I'd love to know how much he still makes off of that song. Right. It's in movies. It's in commercials. It's in TV shows. It's everywhere. Yeah, I hope everywhere. he has the rights, so, full rights to so that song. Does I mean, does that – oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Smart guy. I, it's very – no, great guy. Great, no, 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 I know that. And, so and sometimes those it, guys, they get early was, in the business, they have a hit no, like that, they and, get you know, screwed. the company still has screwed. it. Right, they get screwed. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. Every story – of somebody who makes it big in that world includes inevitably how they got screwed on their first contract yeah. because they just wanted to make it right. and they didn't care. They just, I'll sign whatever. I'll sign my life away. I'll do a deal with the devil. I just want to make it. And then you find out afterward, all your money's gone or somebody else is keeping it all. So, but I, I, I'd like to think that, that he's, he's still making the money off of bust to move. But I, I was so. texting with him not that long ago because yeah. he was performing somewhere with Vanilla Ice. And who's the guy Who's the guy that's saying, 
uh, oh God, what was that song? Wild Thing. Who was oh, that? Oh gosh, Who was that? Wild I know. Thing Wild Thing. Who's that I know. Guy? I'm going to blank out on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know the song, yeah. but anyway. yes, right. Okay, yeah, those anyway. are classics. We right would there. know, we would know if we had met him and I texted him. <laughs> I know Young MC though, and I remember loving that song. I was in law school. Oh, it it's Tone Loke, anyway. right? Tone uh, Loke. I think it's Tone Loke. I think it's Tone Loke. There it is. Way it is go. Tone Loke. Good job. Tone Loke. How could I forget? Nineteen eighty-eight. The song of the, the song of the late, like fall winter was Wild Thing. Anyway, uh, does it help? my credibility with Marshall Mathers. It, do, it, it does. Oh, I, you God. definitely have shown a little more versatility than I think I, I would have realized you had. Definitely. I, I did not realize you were kind of, you know, dabbling in that kind of music in that, in that time frame there. So that, that makes me think a little more like, of you. Certainly. You're maybe are a I little like cooler than I thought. <laughs> I try my best to not, to not let that be known to the world. And I'm usually highly successful. By the way, speaking of music, since we're in this neighborhood, okay. and one of my great barometers of the things that I should be paying attention to is my wife, because from time to time, she will ask me questions that touch on the football realm. And I think that if it is crossed over to the point where my wife, who doesn't follow Agreed. the sport that pays the bills right. nearly as closely as she should, right. but when it lands on her radar, that tells me that's maybe something we should be thinking about, talking about, writing about under the various umbrellas where we operate. And she said something to me yesterday. How about this thing where everybody hates Taylor Swift now? Now, not everybody. It's become a political thing for one of the major movements out there to believe that she's part of a PSYOP aimed at I don't know, getting little girls to go stuff the ballot box at the presidential election. I don't get it. I don't understand I, I know. it. And it's I, all I stopped an extension reading it. It was crazy, Bill. Weird. Right. Oh, and, and I'm trying. Look, I have no interest in yeah. it. I think it's ridiculous. Just like the, you know, the colors of the Super Bowl logo bullshit that we were dealing with a few weeks. I was like, I'm not even going to address this other than sarcastically if and when the Ravens and 49ers don't make it. And I did on Twitter <laughs> multiple times. But I don't like I don't want to even give give credence to some of this crazy stuff that's out there. But now it's everywhere. It is. I watch Morning Joe every morning as I'm getting ready to to come up here and do our thing. And I Joe cracks me up because he gets mad about stuff. He drops S bombs from time to time, so we have that in common. Our kind of guy. But th- that was like right out of the gates. They were talking about it right out of the gates, and then they dove into it more deeply later in the broadcast. And I, I, it's it's amazing how it's become this major thing now. All of a sudden, like in 48 hours, this idea that Taylor Swift is some sort of political operative that is going to be weaponized at some point before the election in November to endorse one of the two candidates, and the other candidate's camp is all up in arms about it. And there was one clip where, hey, we got Kid Rock and Ted Nugent and John Voigt. It's like, well, guys, good luck with that if you think that's going to balance it out. <laughs> Kid Rock, Ted Nugent, right. and John Voigt. Right. John, maybe it's the periodontist. I don't know. But John Voigt is part of that group. So I, I, it's, it's just funny to see people get themselves twisted in knots over something so stupid. And, and, and they, they played a really long clip of Coward Show on Morning Joe. Like, really long. Like, Joe was irritated. And he... And he made his point in a kind of funny, snarky way. He was irritated the clip was so long. Right. But Coward made some good points. Like, we have cutaways all the time to Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson when he was right. going to the Lakers game. Right. And it's never a big deal. Why is it a big deal now? I don't and get they it. did the math. It was like 
25 seconds on average of game time is Taylor Swift on the screen. 25 seconds in three and a half hours. And people lose their minds about it. And now it's been concocted into this whole this whole thing that that she's going to be used by the government, the deep state, whoever that is, to try to, you know, sway the election. It's, it's just amazing how it went from being this fringe conspiracy thing to mainstream in less yeah. than 48 hours. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, it's, that's where social media and the Internet are, are not healthy for our world uh, in a lot of ways. I don't get it either, Mike. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm like, wait, the biggest star in the world's right sitting up there and watching the football game. Like, I'm I'm the guy that's like literally cut away to the box more. What, what, what's what's wrong with that? I don't understand it. You know, I don't. In a lot of ways, she's just this wholesome, cool girl who's got a boyfriend. They obviously, you know, really, really like each other. I'm not going to say the love word, but there's obviously a connection there. I think it it, it does bring crossover to the sport. It's great. It really does. And it's a team that didn't even need crossover. They had crossover appeal anyways. I mean, that, that's the cool thing. They did. I mean, you know, my daughter, she, she's, she's like, you know, like you said with your wife, she doesn't really give a damn about football. She could care less. You know, you'd like her to care more considering it's paying for most of her life, but she doesn't really care. But like Sunday, she's sitting next to me. She's watching Patrick Mahomes and ooh, ha, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, I've never seen my daughter do that stuff ever, right? Let alone Taylor Swift comes on. I see her smile. And she's not even like a Taylor Swift, you know, listen to that type of music. But, of course, it's a big deal for her age group being 17. So that's what I mean. I don't know. Is everyone just jealous that the Chiefs are like, we're already famous and now they're more famous? I don't really understand it, but – uh, it's, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really fun. And like we've talked about over the last few weeks, you don't see football teams kind of usually just embrace this wave of outside attention outside the football arena. And I think that's cool that the chiefs are kind of doing that, embracing it. And of course, winning along the way and showing you it can be done. Coward's point among others was yeah, the what? hatred is driven by the incels who resent and become misogynistic because she's someone who would never give them the time of day, even if they were the last guy left on earth kind of thing, that that's what, that's where this originates right. and it just grows and it grows and it grows. And then it becomes something that can become a political cudgel. Even if none of that is ever going to happen Why? in a million years, the idea that it can be used as some way to further strengthen a base that includes a lot of the people that already naturally don't like her because why are they showing her on TV? And as we've said all along, it's a quick little clip after a touchdown. They cut away to Jerry Jones for crying out loud. They cut away to Robert Kraft. The only people it hurts, and we made this point very early on, I think you said it, somebody who got up early, painted their face, painted their body, right. made a big sign, not had on. this elaborate costume. Yes. They're the ones who usually we would see the cutaway right. of. And they spent all that time and all that effort with that big elaborate costume and sign, and we don't see them. Those are the only people, the only ones who would have a beef with this, and I haven't heard any of them complain. I haven't heard a single person say, you know, 
I got up at 3.30 to put this damn thing on, and I paid for front row tickets, and I got this sign, and I actually made sure I spelled all the words right, and they never went to me. They went to the, the pop superstar instead. How dare they? Yeah. I haven't seen that argument anywhere. No, you're right. We, we, we did bring that up early on in the process. That's the only guy that could be mad, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mr. Raider fan who's got the spikes coming out of his shoulder and, you know, his head. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you're cool. I like you most days. But Taylor Swift's there. I'd rather see what she's doing in the box right now. Sorry. You know, sorry, doctor who dr- dressed up like a crazy man. I don't care about you that much. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, in all honesty, where does it come from, right? I mean, you know, one, I, I just look at it and go, wait, like Travis Kelsey, the Kelseys, they're like working class Cleveland Ohioers, right? Is it all because... Kelsey did the the vaccine commercial, so now that because it's, she's it's a cocktail. Oh, it's, it's the a oh gosh, of wow, political wedge issues. Ooh, yes, wow. it's a mm, lot of stuff yes. coming together. Oh, a wow. lot of stuff. Right, a it lot is crazy of stuff coming together. I, it's it's crazy. I, it, you're right. All right, I don't want to say anymore. I'm probably but, gonna get but, myself in trouble. It's insane. <laughs> but but it's all about the stuff that. Look, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it before I get myself in trouble. They have a very good way of getting people to focus on shit that doesn't matter. Right. So they vote for candidates who embrace policies that go completely against their interests. I've been seeing it for 25 years yeah. here in West Virginia. I hear you. Completely against your interests. Right. Financial. Right. Primarily. And everything else. Completely against what you believe in. But they find one or two things that, that they know how to get you riled up. And that's all that matters. None of the real issues matter. All that matters is Taylor Swift is part of a PSYOP aimed at delivering the election, and that gets the base more motivated to go out in droves and vote against the candidate that they're making you think Taylor Swift is going to support. And they find a way to manipulate people into voting against their interests. It's great. It's, I mean, I, hey, I, I can't hate the skill set. I don't like the outcome yeah, for well, the people who vote people. against their interests. Right. But it, but it's it's a great way to manipulate yeah. the same way that they think they're going to use Taylor Swift to manipulate. They use that to manipulate those who would be manipulated, and then it's all just manipulation. One more thing, speaking of manipulation, yeah. old business. Right. We talked about the whole gambling thing yesterday, and I want to share this. I know we got a lot of stuff to get to today, but this is the beauty of not having games. We can pretty much talk about whatever we want to open the show, as we do anyway when games are happening. So, yesterday... We talked about the whole gambling thing and how the NFL has done a 180 and we're going to Las Vegas next week and the Super Bowl is going to be there. And, you know, before the Supreme Court opened the floodgates for state by state legalized gambling, the NFL hated it. The NFL opposed it. The NFL was against it. So yesterday they had a conference call with reporters to talk about gambling, to talk about the NFL's efforts to deal with and strike that balance between embracing it but also encouraging people to wager responsibly and keeping players away from it so when it was time to ask questions mikey raised his hand here's the question i asked and i posed this to jeff miller who's the head of pr and the head of health and safety for the nfl i asked him about a quote from the commissioner in 2012 the commotion the commissioner said this in 2012 when they were fighting against legalized gambling because they were against it until they were for it when the Supreme Court, you know, opened up this revenue stream that the NFL now enjoys. Goodell's quote, if gambling is permitted freely on sporting events, normal incidents of the game, such as bad snaps, drop passes, turnovers, penalties and play calling inevitably will fuel speculation 
distrust, and accusations of point shaving or game fixing. Right. My question for Jeff was, have you seen that kind of speculation and distrust, and what are you doing about it? Now, the answer I got was, and I don't want to say word salad in a pejorative way, but it was a word salad of all the things we're doing, and thank you for asking a difficult question, and yada, yada, yada. But he never addressed the threshold question. Are you witnessing it? Because, Chris, we sure are. Every time you turn around, somebody's saying, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged. And it's more than ever before because the legalized gambling gives people another layer to believe that people are fixing things. And he never addressed it. And I've sent two emails since then saying, look, because I tried to ask a follow-up and they shut me down before I could. I've I've sent two emails asking that question, are you witnessing this? Because we are. And regardless of what you're doing to address it, is your fear coming to fruition? I want to hear them say yeah, that. Are yes they or aware no. of it? Is your right. greatest fear coming to fruition? Are you aware of it? Great point. Yeah. Are you aware of it? Because the rest of us are. Yeah. And it's irritating having to put out these fires it on is. the front lines. They're not paying me constantly. to put out the fires. Yeah. But we're out here telling people it's not rigged. It's constantly. not rigged. It's not rigged. Constantly. And I'm constantly hearing it's yeah. rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. Are, are they at least willing to address that what the commissioner said 12 years ago is happening? You, you have to acknowledge that before what you're because what you're doing may not be working. That, that's really the bottom line. Whatever they're doing, it's not working because the speculation and distrust is rampant right now. And we're heading to Las Vegas, baby. Yeah. So what do they think? They're going to play a Super Bowl in the world capital of gambling. And they're going to think people aren't going to be suspicious if there are, to use the commissioner's quote. Normal incidents of the game, such as bad snaps, drop passes, turnovers, penalties, and play calling? You think that's not going to fuel speculation and distrust when you're playing the damn game in Las Vegas? I, I, I hear you, Mike. I mean, I think it almost ties into a little bit like what we were just talking about. That, that's the world we're in right now. The fix is in, the conspiracy, the deep state, whatever it is. It almost all feeds into that right now. So, yeah, now gambling's allowed, and... Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, you again, you, you look at TikTok, you look at Instagram, right? You look at certain things after the Chiefs-Ravens game the other day. I mean, there, there's a huge faction of people that just think, oh, the NFL wanted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know, it, this was fixed. They, these flags, this, look at this. They didn't, ta- they didn't throw a taunting penalty on him, but they did on him. And it just becomes its whole thing where, yeah, there's definitely a little – you know, distrust in the process right now in the NFL. I think there's distrust for everything in our world right now, but the NFL too. And then you add the money and gambling with it too, as well. Yeah. I think it it leads people that way more. Right. Right. Some of that was already going to be there. Right. Some of it's always been there. Yes. Right. But when you throw this massive for-profit enterprise, which is rigged against you anyway, you you, you ain't going to win. I mean, we're, we're going to go play these, Table games, maybe, if, if you get I, me drunk enough. We're going to go play these table oh, games. I am. You can't win. Right. They're, all, they're all rigged for you to lose. They lure you in. The craps, for example, craps. There's that bet in craps called field where if the next roll is any of a certain group of numbers, and I think it's like 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10, 11, 12, and you look at that, it's like, wow, that's almost all of them. <laughs> but it's not the ones that statistically are going to come up more often than the rest, right. it looks great because look, look, there's, there's, hey, it can be the odds are pretty numbers. good, right? And like right. more than more than half of them are on this. Like, damn, put my money in there, and it's like, hey, I won one. All right, Dunstan, do more. Ah, Alice Kerrigan. 
Ah, oh, well, I lost. Now I got to chase my losses. Ah, oh, oh, how am I going to get home? Anyway, um, th- that that's a real issue, and I'm going to keep pressing the NFL. I want to make sure they're aware of what we're aware of because we're dealing with it all the time. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. And it's, it's maddening because it's not – that's the thing that, you know, the NFL is very selective in how they react to the things I say. They only react to the things that I say that they don't like. They never react to the things I say that they might like, right. such as it's not rigged. It's crazy to say it's rigged, mainly because I don't think they're capable of rigging it. Of course. But that's the biggest thing. You off. think they're that smart to figure it out, to keep everybody quiet? <laughs> it's a confidence quiet? issue. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> There's no way. There's no right, way. There'd exactly. be bodies floating in the East River all the way. They'd look like ships. They'd look like they'd be, 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 be tra- you need traffic control just for the bodies in the East River, the people you'd have to rub out to keep this quiet. Anyway, um, we need to move on. Anything else? Anything else on the issues of no, the day? That was good. That was good. I, that was a good little I, – I mean, we kind of were on football. It wasn't like too crazy life subject there. I think it all tied together. It wasn't yeah. bad. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, I probably should have held my opinions until after spending a week in Las Vegas. Uh, That probably would have been a good idea. (laughs) Because nah. who knows what they may do. Maybe. Is there a river in Las Vegas that they can throw well, me in? No, no. Is there a yeah, lake? I mean, you've seen. There's a lake somewhere. You've seen Goodfellas. They dig a hole in the desert. Somewhere. What are you talking about? Or not Goodfellas, Casino. It's kind of hard. No. Casino. You know, they, oh, they dug some holes in the desert. I mean, and, and I mean, well, they did have that going on up there, right? Where, like, Lake Mead, weren't they finding bodies at the bottom Lake of the. Mead. Right? Yeah. They were finding bodies in barrels up. because it dried up, right? So they were seeing things at the bottom of the lake they never saw before. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, so maybe, we- maybe, maybe I'll have COVID and I can't go next week. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have listened to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and gotten a vaccination. Then I could say I have COVID and I can't go to Vegas next week. <laughs> You're Taylor Swift is trying to kill me. That's the headline. The All right. Let's <laughs> move on. Um, we, we opened the show with the Marshall Mathers tweet because he's very happy, as all Lions fans are, that offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is sticking around. For the second straight year, he removed his name from consideration. He has informed the commanders and the Seahawks that he is staying with the Lions. Now, last year, the popular reaction to it was 
he knew he wasn't getting a job, so he removed his name from consideration. Right. That, that's the Michael Scott move, and others yep. have done that as well. I removed my name from consideration because I know I'm not going to be offered an opportunity. This year, and this kind of bugs me, this year, what's been put out there by Shefty, and look, when he puts it out there, it, it, it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Because he got 10.7 million followers on X. Sure. He puts out there this idea that some, some teams were scared away by his asking price, and that just cries out for more information. I got a problem with that. And I'm not just looking to pick a fight with Shefty gratuitously. But it's the kind of thing, if I put it out there, I'd get killed for it. You put out there the idea that the, the teams are scared by the guy's asking price with nothing more. Well, what is his asking price? Is it unreasonable? Is it reasonable? I mean, they're thinking about paying Jared Goff $40 million in Detroit. Like if a, if a team is faced with the prospect of paying Ben Johnson $15 million and that's deemed too much. How's that too much if the guy's going to come in and be more valuable than a Jared Goff would be to your offense and they're going to pay him $40 million in Detroit? So I'd want more context there. What is this number that's supposedly scaring teams away? Because that's a tough thing to put on a guy yep. without giving him a chance to respond right, to it right. and without giving us more context. Yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, it, it's a game-changing decision. I think that's the, the first thing I, I'd hit on. Just from you know me – football standpoint I look at it and go man the 2024 landscape Ben Johnson okay the Lions the Lions ain't going anywhere now I mean that was my big question about the Lions well they're not going to have Ben Johnson next year right what's Jared Goff going to look like without Ben Johnson and how are they going to adjust this is this is a special coach this is definitely like no doubt about it one of the best offensive minds in football right now he is right up there with Shanahan Andy Reid Right, Sean Payton, he is the next guy. I think most people in the football world believe that, that he could be that guy. Mike McDaniel, he's your next guy along that line of Shanahan, McVay, McDaniel, Ben Johnson, cutting edge, game plan specific, finds things to do, got a great system, and then knows how to throw curveballs off that system. So, you know, for him to stay in Detroit's a big deal. For him, for most people, thought it was kind of, you know, like lock stock, he was going to the Washington Commanders. I think it's a big blow to the Washington Commanders. They lost the you know what I would look at to be the number one best prospect to be a successful head coach that's that's on the market right now. You know, everybody's looking for the offensive mind guy, right? The guy that can be game changer on the offense with game plans and everything else. And then you add on top of that, he can coach the quarterback and get the most out of a quarterback, make him better than maybe he appears, and who knows what he can do with a superstar. But we've seen what he's done with Jared Goff. So that's where the first place my mind went to. And then the other stuff comes into play, Mike. You're right. And then, listen, the thing I've heard through the people I know in football – He's not, this guy's not a politician. He's not a guy that's working back channels trying to get a job, right? It's a little like my buddy Kyle Shanahan, where he just wants to coach football and not really talk to the media, which, you know, I think is respectable, but we, we all know you got to play the game a little too to get where you want to go. But I think this guy's also a guy that's extremely confident in his abilities and knows he's the man. And he's not going to just settle for, oh, I, I got to be a head coach. I'll just take any job with any type of pay or contract or whatever. I think he's going to make sure he's at a place where he looks at it and goes, ducks are all in a row. I like it here. I could succeed. They're not going to be able to throw me overboard after two or three years. They're going to let my plan and process work out. And I think he was willing to say, okay. I'll go back and wait for the my opportunity that I like next year, and, and hopefully he gets that opportunity. 
But that's not what Shefty said. See, that's why I have a problem with what he said. Yeah, I hear you. Because I'm different. always wondering right. whose who's bidding is he doing? Sure. Because he's always doing something. I mean, let, let's be real. Let's be real about it. He can get mad. I don't care. It's not like he can dislike me any more than he does. He's always doing somebody's bidding. He's always carrying someone's water. Whose water is he carrying here? Who's he doing a favor for when he puts out there, not what you just said, but this idea that he just wants too much money? Like, is that the reaction that the commanders had when, if Ben Johnson's agent explained he's just not ready? to make the move. He's just not ready to take on the team. There's just something that is causing him to decide to wait. So you need an explanation that isn't about you. It's got to be about him. It can't be he sees anything wrong with our organization and he senses he won't be successful in his first stop as a head coach. He just wants too much money. Right. So we don't want him. Yeah, yeah. And and look, I, I think the commanders are very sensitive to the perception that they aren't getting their first choice. They set it up with Adam Peters. Many believe in advance. They knew they were getting their first choice. Hey, all you fans beaten down by 24 years of Dan Snyder, there's a new sheriff in town. We get who we want. People want to be here despite this stadium that we play in. People want to be here. They want to be part of this. If you start swinging and missing, that's a bad narrative to have. So, so I'm, I'm predicting Shefty will be breaking the news of who the next commander's coach is and all other related commander's news for the foreseeable future for putting out there this idea that it's about Ben Johnson wanting too much money, when it very well might be what you just said, a more reasoned, thoughtful decision that it's in his best interest to wait until the next cycle. Now, the counter to that is yeah. when the window's open, right, you're know. taking the risk the window's going to close. That's just ask right. Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Where's he now? I don't even right. know where he is now. And he was he was hot candidate where it felt inevitable he's going to be a head coach. So right. sometimes if you don't go through that window, there's no window to go through. But I don't think that's going to happen, given what we expect. What we've seen from so the Lions. far, but, right. but who knows? Yeah, but who knows? No, you're right. Nobody knows for sure. No, you're right. Next year, Jared Goff could get hurt. They can end up being the 20th ranked offense, not be as good, not get in the playoffs, and everybody knows he's a good coach, but he's just not the hot name and maybe there's not as many seats open next year and all of a sudden you don't get a job you're right it's a risky decision but I think it's one where we go back to this conversation a lot where he looks at it and he probably goes hey a lot of the times you only got one shot to do this right and if you're confident in who you are as a coach you go I want to make sure that I'm in the right position the right power being paid, compensated, years, money, all of that works the right way. Control the organization. Mike, in all honesty, that's where my other my other thought went, right? Is Adam Peters, new GM, right? Was there something there? And I you know, I know Adam. I he's he's a hell of a football mind. I know that. I got a lot of faith in him. Of course he was with the 49ers and Shanahan forever. He's a strong personality, right? He's got control there right now. Maybe Ben Johnson didn't like that. You know, maybe Ben Johnson wanted a little more control like Shanahan has in, with the 49ers. And maybe, you know, Adam Peters is like, wait, I saw that and I want to be the GM and I want to be the guy that's in control. Right. So maybe that's one there where, yeah, they got their guy in Adam Peters, but maybe they should have figured out if Ben Johnson likes Adam Peters and down with that, too, as well. Those are certainly some of the things that went through my mind, because anybody you talk to football agents, whatever. Ben Johnson to commanders the last two weeks was that's probably going to happen. Like, so I don't know what happened in the last 48, 96 hours, five days, whatever, but something went 
awry, took a right turn, a left turn, whatever the hell you're supposed to say there, and it, it didn't work out. And I was shocked to see that news yesterday. I really was. And, and you're right. The momentum was building and building and building that it's Ben Johnson and Adam Peters. I heard it the moment they hired Adam Peters. The moment they hired Adam Peters, I had a couple of different people say to me, look, I knew this was happening four weeks ago, and my reaction was, well, thanks for telling me. But it was one of those things where they're very discreet, very careful, but within a fairly tight circle, people knew that Adam Peters was going to get that job. Right. And then, boom, he's going to hire Ben Johnson. Not might, not could, not would, will. Right. And they were tied together. And this is where, and I don't want to, look, I, PR staffs have a lot to deal with, but one of the challenges is, and, and this is where, like, sometimes when I'm talking to PR people from teams, I'll give them the benefit of what I'm hearing just so they can factor that into what they're saying. Because sometimes when you're in the bubble, you don't know what people are saying. You don't, they don't tell it to you the same way they tell it to others. Yeah, and right. I'll tell them, look, here's what people are saying. Right. I don't know. I don't care whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. This is what they're saying, just so you know what you got to push yeah. back against yeah. if it's not true. Right. Right. And, and they're saying, they're saying you're going to hire this guy. You just need to know it because you need to have a strategy. If it's not going to happen and an expectation's been created among your fan base that you're going to hire him, you better make sure they don't have that expectation. You better make sure that it doesn't look like he was your first choice and he said, ah, no, thank you. It still smells too much like Dan Snyder around here. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I hear you there. I don't know what happened. I, you know, We'll see. I, I, these are the kind of stories that I feel like you know, either you or me kind of find out two to three weeks kind of after it all happens and you kind of start to hear from people we know or trust in the league about, you know, what the details, oh, why wait. Ben Johnson didn't want to do it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but huge blow. I think it's a huge blow to the commanders. I really do. You, you, you got a guy, like, again, that I think is special. We're, we're seeing – we saw that. I mean, it was up and down the field on the 49ers the other day. Uh, they, they couldn't stop them. Still don't know he can be a head coach. No. Still don't know he we can don't. take over the team. No, Still we don't. Still don't know that. You're right. We don't know that for sure. You're right. The, the only reason... What, what I give we, you... Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Brad Childress. Well, I hear you. But would lead me to believe that he'd be a guy that can, right, is the fact that he works for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, most of the guys on that staff are those kind of guys. Like, I can control the room. I'm not into BS and politics. I know how to football, talk to the guys there. I don't think Dan Campbell would let a guy... Uh, be the, the offensive coordinator of his, his football team if he didn't feel like he had those qualities to command. But you're right. we got to see it. But it is a big blow to the commanders. One, because of the offensive mind. We know that's what fans gravitate towards. And the commanders are in a quarterback conundrum right now. And who would be better to, oh, wait, we got this guy to either make Sam Howell better and he looks at the film and goes, wait, I like this, or he helps us with that decision to say, hey, let's move on. We could do better, and I could find better in the draft and start to groom somebody and have something special here. That's where I feel for the commanders. That's where I think they really lose out uh, with, with not getting Ben Johnson. I mean, they're in prime position to get one of the top quarterbacks. Yes, prime position. It's exactly. one of the rewards for being bad last exactly. year. And now we don't know which direction they're going to go, and maybe they'll hire Bobby Slowick, the Texans' offensive coordinator. Oh, no, wait. He's staying with the Texans as well. And, you know, Chris, over – the 2023 season, there was just this presumption that Ben Johnson is going to graduate to a head coaching job in 2024. Right. That was the one name. Yep. Yeah, And every year, every year, the media kind of 
collectively, and it's not like there's a decision made. It's just like, well, somebody else is saying it, so I'm going to say it too. Oh, wait, two other people are saying it, so I'm going to say it too. They're all saying it, so I'm going to say it too. There's a guy every year that is that guy, and Ben Johnson was that guy this year. Now, next year, like you said, Jared Goff gets injured or the Lions regress at all. Dan Campbell said after the game on Sunday, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to where we got this year because everybody's going to be coming after us with everything they got. They're now a measuring stick team for the first time in 60 years, basically. Maybe Bobby Slowick ends up becoming the guy. By the end of September, we're saying, my God, this Texans offense. Look, it was great last year. It's spectacular this year. Look what Bobby Slowick is doing with C.J. Stroud. Look at what they're doing. Everybody's healthy. Look at what they've done in year two. They're next level. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Bobby Slowick, Bobby Slowick, Bobby Slowick. Oh, yeah, Ben Johnson. Bobby Slowick, Bobby Slowick. Now, he's going to be the guy, potentially, that Ben Johnson was this year. It's an example of how the window can start to close because it's going to open potentially more widely for Slowick, who wasn't yeah. on anyone's radar screen right, right. for most of the season. Yep. And then once everyone started to wake up to what the Texans are doing offensively, Slowick started to build some momentum, and then they destroy the best defense in the NFL in the playoffs. Playoffs! And Bobby Slowick gets that momentum late. So he's staying put. That helps the Texans. No one really had this overwhelming expectation he was going to leave. Yes. It would have been one of those, oh, man, this sucks. And let's just hope C.J. Stroud can work with the next coordinator. But now that's great for the Texans, and it's great for Bobby Slowick because next year he's going to be what Ben Johnson was this year. The question was and will be, can Ben Johnson be next year what he was this year? Right. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Slowick, like like you're saying, he seems to be next, right? And, of course, like – He's got some things about him, again, that make him a hot-button, you know, everybody-wants type of guy. Offense, groom groom the young quarterback, obviously was part of the evaluation process and drafting the quarterback, what they did offensively, the game plans, all that, let alone he's from the Shanahan tree, and we're seeing everybody from the Shanahan tree kick ass wherever they go, so... Those things, everybody looks at and goes, damn, I like that guy. But like you, like you say, with, with same type of thing, it, this is really, to me, Ben Johnson a year ago, kind of how you're explaining it. I think this is one where Bobby Slowick is a head coach in the NFL. I don't doubt that one bit. I know that from the people out there with the 49ers and the respect Shanahan has for him and everything there, right? He has those capabilities. But I think like last year with Ben Johnson, he looks at it and goes, wait, this is my first year being an offensive coordinator. This is the first year I actually called the plays, right? Like, maybe let me just get a little bit more used to the process. Let me become a little more seasoned and get a little more experience before I'm thrown into the fire of like, hey, coach, the offense, the draft. Hey, what's going on with the defense? Oh, wait, what do you need? What do you need, GM? Oh, wait, defense has a problem today? Oh, this guy's got a problem? Wait, I got to coach the offense, right? So I think that's where a little bit of Bobby Slowick, I think, makes the right decision here to go, I could use another year, experience, wait this out a little bit instead of putting myself into a spot where I'm not quite sure I'm ready for at this moment. And I think that's where Bobby Slowick probably came to the realization that, hey, I'll stay here. I got a good thing going with D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud. And let me build, you know, build my experience and, and, and some of my stuff that, that can make me become a better head coach. I have yet to see any tweets from Shefty that the asking price for Bobby Slowick has scared 
any teams away. So <laughs> in this case, maybe it is better aligned with what you're saying uh, is the reality for Bobby Sloak sticking around. And look, you know, here's something that occurred to me while you were saying what you just said. Having a great quarterback makes you look like a great coach. No doubt about it. Dick Vermeil's commented his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I became a hell of a lot better coach once I got Marshall Falk. Uh, You know, I mean, great players make coaches look great. And C.J. Stroud, look look, look at the difference. And and who knows? It's chicken and the egg. Is it coaching? Is it the player? C.J. Stroud has put Bobby Slowick on the map. How much of Stroud's performance last year was Slowick? How much of Slowick's performance last year was Stroud? Go to Carolina. How much of Bryce Young's performance was coaching? How much of the coaching was a result of Bryce Young not performing to the level that people thought? We don't know, and we won't know. But the bottom line is you get a special talent like C.J. Stroud, yeah, that's right. and it's a lot easier to stand out as a great coach. Yeah, uh, agreed. C.J. Stroud could be good in any offense, but with the right offense... Right, and the right offensive coordinator, he becomes. Oh, is he the best quarterback in football? Is he? Is he like top three? Like that, and that. That's where I think it all just came to a pinnacle. Of wait, player that's really good can do anything, but player that's really good in a system that's really good that fits his skill set. That's when it's watch out time. That's when it's like, okay, whoa, the rookie might be the MVP of football. Uh, and that's what I think we got working here. The stars align for everything to be the right way there. And you're, you're right. I mean, there's there's not a ton of risk right now as I look at it for Bobby Slowick to go, ooh, he'll fall off earth next year, right? I don't expect C.J. Stroud to go anywhere but up. They're going to be able to spend some money and get better receivers and some people in free agency to help out their process. Bobby Slowick with another year of C.J. Stroud is going to be able to expand the offense and do more with him there. So, yeah, I, I think the future's bright. You know? But like you said, it's a dicey decision, nonetheless. Uh, you, you, sometimes you only get one or two chances to get the head coaching job. I think he's looking at it going, wait, i got to pick the right one. I don't know if I'm ready yet. And I might only get one chance, and I want to make sure it works the right way. So uh, we'll see where this all goes. But, but good for Bobby Slowick making a decision he's comfortable with. And unlike great players who are drafted to their teams, coaches get to choose where they go. We were talking about Steve Spagnuolo a couple of days ago and what a masterful job he's done with the Chiefs defense. The window hasn't reopened on him to be a head coach, in part because his time with the Rams was disastrous. Right. How much of that was him? How much of it was the fact that the Rams front office possibly was a dysfunctional a mess at the time? Right. And he couldn't have won no matter what he did. So that's why it's important when you get to choose – and there's a lot of forces in your life. Like that paycheck is hard to deny. Whatever the money, it's better than what you're getting. Dramatically better than what you're getting as an assistant coach. It's hard to say no to that. Guaranteed on a four or a five-year contract. It is hard to resist. And, it, and you're taking a leap of faith. You're betting on yourself that it's still going to be there a year from now. And the other thing that it does to help the Texans, this gives them, same as the Lions, it gives them more time to prepare and groom if it's somebody internally. doesn't have to be somebody internally. That's right. But either way, it gives both teams yeah. more time to prepare very for life point. after right. the coordinator who's going to leave. Yeah, I, 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 that is a very real point. You're right about that. It lets Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryan look at a quarterback coach or whoever and like go, hey, like pay attention to everything he's doing. 
right? Like you got to be literally like a fly on the wall all the time. We want to continue what he's doing when he leaves, and you got to prepare for that, right? We, we saw Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan. He takes over for Robert Sala with the 49ers. Boom, 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 boom. Perfect thing. We knew he was going to be a head coach. It was a seamless transition. Hopefully that's what the Texans and the Lions get when, when that time comes. So now, yeah, this let's is focus it. on the two teams that right. continue to look for coaches. We're almost a month into the process. The Seahawks and the Commanders are both now still. And we don't know what the Seahawks are going to do. Early on, the momentum was Dan Quinn. I still think that's a tough sell after giving up 48 points to the Packers in the playoffs. I couldn't do that. I, Let me just say yeah. that right off the bat. I couldn't do it just because of what – I mean – Dan Quinn, I, I have a lot of respect for him, but like you said, it, it's you're you're asking for egg in your face. If you come out next year, he's the head coach. Your defense isn't very good. Everyone's gonna go, "Are you kidding me?" Let alone like as much as I respect Dan Quinn, of all the guys that are getting a second job, it's gonna be the guy that you know coached a really talented football team and blew a twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl as a defensive coach, and. Then the offensive coordinator left in Shanahan, and they progressively got worse after that happened. That, that to me, would be enough to where I would get cold feet when it comes to Dan Quinn. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just my real thoughts on the situation. I, I agree with that completely. And there's another element, too, and I want to choose my words carefully here. It's a reality as it relates to... The overall vibe that a guy gives off. And Dan Quinn's a nice guy. We've interviewed him. He was successful with the Falcons. He's successful if we set aside the Packers game with the Cowboys. But remember when I said, I think I said it on this show, there was a game where Cam Hayward was on the sideline for the Steelers and he had a headset on. And there was just something about his way that just screamed out. This guy's going to be a head coach if he wants to be. Right. I mean, there, there's just, it's a, it's a very loose, indefinable quality that's either there or it's not. And with Quinn, and, and I, it just, there, it, it just, you see it and you feel it when you're, and hey, we talked about cutaways to Taylor Swift. Who's the person that is cut away to the most during any NFL game? It's the head coach. How, you, th there's a vibe that comes off of the head coach. For sure. And that's part of this, too. And part of the vibe that's going to be detected from Dan Quinn is all the shots of him standing in the coaching box looking exasperated as his team couldn't stop the Packers in the playoffs. That becomes part of his vibe. So I, I just think that's part of it. You're, you're, you're dropping this guy onto your sidelines. Is he going to inspire the confidence of your fan base? I mean, there have been, and I'm not going to name names, but there have been coaches at the college level who, like, they're constantly fighting with their 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 you know their pack with their that connects to their headset yeah, right, they're all right. disheveled and rumpled right, right. like that that doesn't sell to the people who are used to seeing folks who have the vibe and they seem buttoned up and I'm not saying Dan Quinn's disheveled or anything I'm just saying that's kind of a litmus test that that isn't something that gets reduced to writing it's just part of what you absorb and take in when you watch a game and you know Mike Vrabel versus Dan Quinn different vibe not that, i mean a lot of times Vrabel's vibe is this but it still works no it's it either total works or it control doing, calm, it either works or it doesn't processing thinking total control of the situation i think that's what you're talking about 
You know, the, you know, we saw it this weekend. Inspires the, confidence. Those kind of coaches we saw, the four we saw this weekend, all have that. You know, whether it's you know Shanahan, we're down by seventeen. You know, there's still the confidence there. Dan Campbell, oh, we're going, we're going to go for it. <laughs> confidence, right? Andy Reid, we know he's ready, and of course Harbaugh. But yeah, there's there's something to that, and it permeates through a football team. It's very real. It is usually a football team takes on the personality of their head coach. I know you've heard that phrase before. That's a widely known belief in football. Oh, you, you, oh, the Lions are tough. Oh, no, no shit. They're tough when Dan Campbell is the head coach. I mean, he's ready to go into a UFC ring and bash somebody's head in. No crap, they're tough, right? So that's you know, to, to your point there, it is a real thing. It can't be measured. There's no analytics. It's got to be in the room. Is he a guy? Is he the man that can lead men? and talk to them, and tell them to shut up every now and then, and then still tell them they're awesome a few minutes later, and then maybe have to swear at them again a few minutes after that. That's what a head coach is, and that's where they have the, the magic Midas touch. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, and not everybody has it, to, to what you're saying there, Mike. Fun fact that I either never knew or had forgotten. Over the weekend, I was reminded that the notorious and infamous and always entertaining Dan Campbell kneecap-biting press conference was delivered to an empty room because it was during COVID. Oh, it's hilarious. He was able to manage that kind of energy in an empty room. It's crazy. So I guess that's that's our point. You want somebody that's going to inspire the team, that's going to inspire the fans, that's going to get people to spend their money and their time and invest their emotions in something that is far more likely than not going to rip out their heart and show it to them. That's the great exasperation of sport. The chances of winning, the thing you're trying to win, are very remote. You better get ready to have your heart stomped. So you better feel good about the people who are going to be responsible for the heart stomping you're going to take. And it's easier to take a heart stomping if you're a Lions fan if you know Dan Campbell is still your head coach. And I think that's part of it. That's why these hires are so important. That's why it makes sense to wait and make sure you make the right hire. Because you want your fans to be all in with a guy who is going to preside over an operation that is far more likely to fail than it is to reach ultimate success. Yeah, I, I agreed there. Uh, it's, it's a huge decision. And that's where, you know, again, Ben Johnson, I think, had a lot of those qualities. I think that's why it's a, a big blow to the commanders that they end up not getting him. Where does this go, right? I feel as we sit here right now, you know, when we get down to two teams, guys like you and me, we usually have a pretty good feel of like, all right, I we're I think it's going to be this guy and that guy. I these two right now, I don't know where this is going. I don't. I don't have a feel. I've heard from some people that I trust that Patrick Graham, I think has impressed the Seattle Seahawks a little more than maybe they expected, and he's a guy that I think is maybe more on their radar than people realize, but you know, I haven't heard a lot of tangible rumors or things that I from people that I trust that people have a feel for where the Seahawks or Commanders are going right now. I'm going to be really interested to see what happens here. Well, you've got John Schneider running the show in Seattle now. He's going to hire the coach. Adam Peters is going to hire the coach in Washington. And you look at the names. Let's just do this briefly. We need to take a break. Yeah. Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator. Jiro Evero, the Panthers defensive coordinator. Coach. Frank Smith, the Dolphins offensive coordinator. Right. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who we've discussed. Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. 
That's the list in Seattle. And, yeah, there's no name out there that just jumps off as this is the guy. Now, Vrabel has been floating around, and there's been some buzz that maybe Vrabel emerges as the guy in Seattle. I think for John Schneider, who just finally acquired full control of the operation after 14 years with Pete Carroll, he probably isn't thrilled about bringing in a coach that's going to test that just day-to-day with just the way he is and the things he wants, and he's not going to bite his tongue. But if that makes your football team better, and if that's going to help take your team next level, you find a way to coexist with a coach like that. Yes, but I, I think that's why we're not going to see Vrabel be a head coach in this cycle. I think that's that's what I've come to here. Vrabel, without a doubt, is the best uh, the best guy out there available right now. He's the number one candidate. But yeah, the reason he's left Tennessee and that that ended up you know parting ways is. He had a GM before that who didn't make that many good meals, and he started to go, damn, like, what the hell? I'm coaching a team, and the people think it's we're pretty good, and we're not even using the right ingredients. And then, you know, by all due accounts, yes, him and Rand Carthon did not see things the right way there. So he's not going to go to a place now and go, yeah, I'll take orders from the GM again. Mike Vrabel's next job, he will have full control. I don't doubt that. And I don't think that's possible in Seattle with Schneider or with Adam Peters in, in Washington right now. So I think we're going to be waiting to hear from Mike Vrabel next year. I think that's where it's going to come down to. And in Washington, it's Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, Ravens assistant head coach, defensive line coach Anthony Weaver, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, and commander's offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who quietly interviewed for the job caught wind of that while we were on the field at the Lions-Buccaneers game. Right. Now, does that rule out anybody else? Does Vrabel make an appearance there? Let's take, Here's a great way to take a break. Because the commanders are in the NFC East. There's reason to believe that one of the three other teams in the NFC East could be, next year, bringing in Bill Belichick. Maybe the commanders need to think about doing it now before they can do it next year. Let's put a pin in it, Chris. When we come back, what Jerry Jones said about Bill Belichick yesterday and what Greg Bedard reported sort of on radio yesterday about Cowboys-Eagles ties to Bill Belichick. We'll do that next on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 